Welcome to On Culture. On this podcast, we talk about culture and faith and the world and our place in it. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also support our work and explore all of our content on our website, theembassy.substack.com. Here's Mike. And we are back for another episode of On Culture. On Culture is the podcast for the Embassy a newsletter. You can check it out at theembassy.substack.com. Uh, and today, this week, uh, we're going to talk about war. And uh, I'm joined uh, by Brad Aslan. Brad's a friend of mine, uh, works with me at uh, Calvary Church. Uh, Brad is 25 ish years younger than I am. Uh, hmm. And so, you know, you, that's one of the reasons that I'd like Brad to be on when we talk about wars, because I think there's probably a different perspective uh, people who are a little older versus people who are a little younger based on our own uh, exposure or interaction with uh, war. And so let me just start with that. Uh, you're, what are you, 33, 34, 33? 30, 33. 33. Yes. Yeah, so 33 years old. Uh, and what do you think about uh, when I just, you know, free association war? What do you, what do you, what do, you do with that? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's lots of, my mind goes to lots of different places. Um, think of video games, right? War okay, is yeah. many, many very popular video games. I'm not a, I'm not a big gamer, but, um, you know, anything from like, I, I play Star Wars video games, so that's not very real. And yet it's, um, I don't know, it's a play on, you know, something that is real. Uh that's Call super of Duty, interesting. I want right? to come it's back to that game. later. Yeah, that's a good, that's an interesting yeah. viewpoint that, that I think there's something there. Uh, okay, video yeah, games, for what sure. else? Uh, movies, uh, books, yeah. uh, TV shows. Um, all of these things are uh, fictitious, right? <laughs> At least in a way is where my mind goes because war hasn't been something that I've been too impacted by uh, in my life. I've seen stories, you know, on the news uh, i was in middle school when september 11th happened and so the you know the war the war like events that i've probably most familiar with are uh, iraq afghanistan over you know early right. 2000s that obviously right. just you know kept going um i think of the card game war uh, which is kind of an interesting <laughs> uh thing okay. we were talking before this uh you know this started you're you're saying that you played war when you were a kid and that's uh-huh. i don't I mean, I, I guess I did, but not. Yeah, you played card game not, where we had we ran around with guns yeah. and you know pretended to shoot each other and good guys and bad guys, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, I don't world. know. There's just there's a distance. Um, mm-hmm. You know, war seems to be something that uh, read about, learned about in history class, um, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. even talked about a, a little bit in maybe an ethics class uh, or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's about as as close. I mean, I, the thing that's going right, the Ukraine Russia thing that's happening right now, is the is the, in a way, realist for me. Um, yeah. But probably in the sense that, like, it's you know, it's not something that America is directly involved with, and so there's almost a level of or an ability to reflect on it or think about it that, in some sense, seems more objective. Uh, but at the same time, like we have. Um, my wife Mallory, she studied abroad in Russia for a year when she was in college, and um, so she has friends that are 
you know, that live in the country that's, you know, the aggressor in this conflict. Mm-hmm. And uh, she also has a friend uh, who has family in Ukraine. And so there's a very, it's very real, um, you know, for them. But yeah, that's, that's where my mind goes. Uh, mostly movies, the romanticism of war, the the valor, I think, for men. Um, the what what would I do in this situation? And, and even now as a, as a dad, as uh, a husband, you know, my answer and the way I think about war is probably even different now than it would have been five, ten years ago. Um, yeah. Too. Hmm. Yeah. It's, so I'm I'm older, like I said, about 25 years. So I'm old enough to, uh, you know, I was uh, what, 11 or so. But, you know, I don't know, roughly the same time that 9-11 happened for you is when they were flying out of Saigon. Uh, and so when I was mm. a kid, the Vietnam War was on the news, which was different. You know, I think th- it was the maybe the first war, first certainly first war the Americans were in that was reported on, you know, with a lot of uh, real time reporting ish, mm. you know, sort of, uh, you know, happening in the moment report, uh, reporting. Uh, and of course, Americans were fighting and so Americans were dying. Uh, I remember people had little bracelets uh, you could get little bracelets with the name of a soldier on it that is either killed in action hmm. or missing in action or, you know, um, and, you know, something obviously, you know, the anti-war movement, all that stuff. I was too young to kind of be involved in that or swept up in that, but certainly was real. And of course, then it's happening with a greater framework of the Cold War, which, uh, hmm. you know, that uh, it was, you know, pretty well known, you know, the Vietnamese you know, were supported by the Chinese and the Russians uh, as their way of sort of waging war against America by proxy, which is a lot of what, you know, the Russians are saying about uh, NATO countries now. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I uh, first job uh, out of college was an engineer at a defense contractor and still like smack in the middle. It seemed like the Cold War was going to go on for, you know, for the foreseeable future, it, it, you know, once I, once I got there, it, it only went on for another five, six years or so uh, when the world changed suddenly. Uh, so this idea, this mutual assured destruction, this, you know, you know, what if the Russians came rolling into central Europe with all their tanks and whatever, how would we, uh, it just seems sort of strange. I think even 10 years later, much less now that that was how mm. the world was sort of organized. Um and so, yeah, I think it's, it's and then uh, when you think of thinking about, you know, you, you mentioned the romanticism of war, the valor, the what would I do? I do think, I don't know if everyone wonders this, but I do think it's common among males, you know, to think, mm-hmm. what would I do? How would I respond uh, in war? Uh, you know, you've talked about movies and books, you know, in my post, I talk about, you know, Saving Private Ryan and the the guy in the plane who just watched the opening 25 minutes, uh, which is the worst of the, you know, the worst, the most intense of the battle. An intense 25 minutes. That's an intense 25 minutes. Um, you know, that's, uh, you know, intense people die and people get shot and it. it's, you know, it's, it's all over the place. Uh, and uh, all the way to, you know, the, the quote that's been attributed to uh, Robert E. Lee, all these old quotes, you, you're a somewhat suspect of it, but, you know, it is well that war is so terrible. Uh, otherwise, we would grow too fond of it. 
And there is this draw, this draw proving oneself, perhaps. Uh, I kind of think that's where video game, kind of the fake war, the war, you know, that I'm sort of having fun by fighting. If just, it's just playing like, it's not okay for kids to play war with real, you know, with you know, <laughs> pretend guns and run around the yeah. backyard, but they can get on yeah. a video game and just kill lots of imaginary people, you know, all over the place. It's kind of, it's just a different version of the, of, of the same, the same thing. Uh, what do you think is that the romanticism, the valor, you know, obviously there's a lot of cultural expressions of, of war that play into war hero, all that stuff. You know, what, what do you, as you think about, what do you think is the draw of that or what is behind that? Do you think it's kind of a deep I mean, question? It, yeah. Is it too simple to say that? I mean, there's a reason that kids play King of the Hill and, um, I don't know, there's a level of proving oneself in competition uh, when the stakes are at their highest that feeds the, the ego, feeds the identity, um, maybe on the, the negative side. And then on the other end, like if we've been created with a purpose um, and, and males, I, I can't speak for women, but I can speak for at least for myself. Um, we If we have the sense to protect, um mm-hmm. I, you know, I think yeah. that, I think that plays, plays in it as well. Um, I, I do wonder too, you know, it's obviously not all soldiers, not all warriors are, you know, young men, but proportionately you have a lot more young men, um, who are in the, the thick of battle than, you know, you probably do older men. Um, and I don't know, maybe there's something of like a coming of age, uh, that time in one's mm-hmm. life who, you know, as you're mm-hmm. trying to, seek out make a name for yourself make it on your own and so there's probably something that that ties those two together now how that relates to video games i'm not i'm not sure if unless it's just hey this is fun and the graphics are cool and we yeah um we long for a a bigger story that war at least as the stories played out you know throughout history uh war has um war has really has been a a mover of that story yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, you think of the big historical moments, but even you think of, you know, big epic stories, there's usually some battle. There's usually some something. And yeah, I think there's a, you know, proving of oneself as a man. Uh, I do think the, I mean, the video games, I mean, it's not my, it's not original to me. Uh, many people have made it. The, 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 the plethora of young men who are involved in video game war and porn, uh, you know, that there's mm. a fake, there's a fake war and a fake risk, a fake danger and a fake intimacy because the real thing is perhaps, uh, you know, unreachable, too scary or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a substitute that, that, uh, but it just still shows the same sort of draw that there's something there that we feel like, uh, so you take all of that and you take the, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned, I mentioned, uh, uh, the Saving Private Ryan episode, and we were talking earlier. You mentioned a different uh, movie, The Patriot, uh, yeah, and the a Patriot. different sort of interaction there. Talk about that. Yeah, so you know, The Patriot, right? Classic Mel Gibson war movie, American Revolutionary War. You have this character Benjamin Martin, who um, had been a war hero previously in his life. Now he's got a family. Uh, he objects to to fighting. He decides to abstain to not uh, participate. 
uh, his young or his oldest son though is you know is old enough to go off to war um you know to make the decision for himself and he does and so you have this interesting like dynamic where you have Benjamin Martin who is, where the war is happening all around him you know miles from his house because you know Britain has a has invaded and yet he's still just farming and going about his day-to-day business and um there's almost a distance that's created for him in this but at the same time then one night his son you know comes limping home he's been uh he's i think running like as a spy or he's running as a courier and uh got caught up in something so he comes home and needs medical aid and, and benjamin martin's confronted with oh hey the the war is now personal it's on my doorstep i can't do anything i need to participate um but anyway i was just thinking about how the that 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 is you know there's a distance there that's created and I feel that, you know, right now, uh, if, if not for the fact that I could get on Twitter, or I could get on social media, or read the news, war seems to be this like just real distant thing. Um, and yet even then at the same time, like I have a, uh, a brother-in-law who's serving in the army and he's stationed in Hawaii and, uh, he did a little bit of, um, time, I think in Korea, like in Korea, not in the Korean war, but in, you know, we have a, a base in Korea. And, you know, for him, it's just he's in the army, he's going to work, uh, he goes and sees movies. And uh, anyway, there's just a, this weird, like, um, proximity, I think, to, to war or conflicts, and yet um, life goes on and is normal. So I don't know what to do with that, other than it's just something that I, I, I feel and I notice. Um, it's It's almost like war is so much a... Uh, or even the threat of war is, is such a real, everyday, ordinary thing, um, and yet it should be very distant and not normal mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you take all of that um, and all the different complicated ways that we think about war, and you know, I have, we have a son in uh, in the Air Force, and. Um, you know, my experiences, child remembering Vietnam and Cold War and, you know, all the, all the, you know, the, the Operation Desert Storm, Desert Shield and Iran mm-hmm. or, or, or Iraq and uh, Afghanistan and so on. Uh, and all the way up to the present. Uh, and as people of faith, um, you know, Jesus says, if somebody strikes you in the right cheek, turn the, turn the other cheek. Uh, also and you know we're to be people of peace and so you know i would say that those are in a sense somewhat different things uh in that if you strike me in the face i must turn the other cheek um that's one individual and another individual um that's not necessarily the same as a nation invading another nation and they might mm-hmm. be in a different category. Now, not all believers would believe that, and they would be just straight pacifists. Nobody should ever mm-hmm. fight the war. Um, uh, the biblical example that's sometimes used is, you know, Abram going after to rescue Lot. He basically wages a war to uh, some enemy comes in, you know, takes Lot and you know, not just Lot, but a whole. And, he, and Abraham goes back and fights this war, and that that appears to be blessed by God because the priest of Melchizedek comes and gives this blessing uh, and mm-hmm. so on. Um, and so that appears to be the, you know, the rescue of people unjustly taken. 
mm -hmm. would be similar to a police action, you know, rescuing hostages or so on. And so my own individual, the actions of a country or a police force or an army, they're not all the same things. Um, so what do you do mm -hmm. with that? How do you think about those things as a, as a believer? Well, we have to remember we live in a broken world and, mm -hmm. um, I mean, just for us, like America is not Israel. And so, um, it's hard because so we're not, so we're not can... fighting automatically in the name of God. In other words, we're not right. Neither, right. Israel necessarily wasn't either, but yes. Right. Okay. Right. Um, the other thing I think it's interesting we have to, when we read the Bible, um, we, we don't have the benefit of having scripture being written about current events. Right. right? So like right. E even everything that like the people of God back in, you know, old Testament, like, they didn't always get the benefit of uh, God endorsing their activity or even, yeah, they didn't get the benefit of that until it was over. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, future generations are reading scripture. So I do think that, like, as believers, we do have to be cognizant in the moment. Um, we can only decide things for ourselves, um, even individually. Like, I think of uh, Bonhoeffer, right, and his involvement in uh, World War II you know, he had an opportunity to get out of Germany and he stayed because, Hey, there's people there who need to be pastored and I have a role here. And then he finds himself as, um, you know, part of this plot to assassinate Hitler. And obviously it's a very specific, yeah. uh, yeah. um, but he believed that he would have been in sin had he not participated. Yeah. Um, and so he I think did, at the end the, of the but day, he, but he also, interestingly, he didn't, he didn't put that on anyone else. He didn't necessarily think mm -hmm. if you're a true believer, you will join me in trying to kill Hitler. Uh, he didn't know that to be the case. He felt compelled as an individual person to be a part of, you know, essentially assassinating this, this world mm -hmm. leader in order to save more lives. And it's, you know, as to your point, there's no place you can go in the Bible and look up you know, what to do in this situation. Mm -hmm. And so it's a, it's a difficult situation to decide what to do with. Yes. Yeah. 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 So I, I think in general principle wise, uh, most of us are not going to find ourselves in positions where we're making decisions on, is my country going to go to war? And most of us aren't even going to find ourselves in a situation where we're deciding, Hey, if I'm drafted, you know, do I, mm -hmm. you know, ob object? Do I, Go, what right. role do I serve in? Um, the, the role we find, most of us find is, okay, we have to make, we're going to find ourselves in conversations about this. Uh, we're going to find ourselves in, in making decisions on, hey, what do I think about what's happening overseas? How do I talk about this with my, you know, son or daughter? Um, I don't know. I think in so many things, posture of humility is, is involved. Um, right. I think right. a, it, I don't know. The, the knee jerk reaction too is okay. Well, my involvement is going to be, I'm going to change the border on my Facebook profile picture, or I'm going to post, you know, or retweet articles or, or yeah. things. And I don't even know if that's great participation when it comes to war efforts either. I think right. the only thing we can really do as believers, as Christians is pray. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we can pray that God's, glory would be shown and revealed um we can pray for protection mm -hmm. um 
in our brothers and sisters in Christ uh, and, and those who you know, aren't believers um, because all are created in God's image and are valuable. Um, we can pray that the church would, would endure, um, would be encouraged um, that they would use their, you know, this specific moments uh, mm-hmm. to make God's too, Yeah. I think too, as we, you know, so again, the, the Vietnam example, uh, uh, you know, I'm old enough to remember, you know, there are people who opposed that war. Well, they're, they're, not everyone opposed the war, but there are people who opposed the Vietnam War who opposed it because it was a bad war. We shouldn't be there. Uh, we don't have a clear purpose. What are we doing there? We're wasting lives. Uh, and there were Christians, obviously, who held that view. Mm-hmm. Th- there were some Christians who were like, all war is bad. We should never fight any war. You know, we should, you know, we should just d- disband all the armies. You know, imagine if all mm-hmm. the peoples of the world, you know, John Lennon, whatever. There are people <laughs> right. who had held that, held that view as well. Uh, and even right now, we as citizens don't have a big call to say what we think about war, because we're not at war. Uh, but when when that was the case, and I think, you know, recently, should we get out of Afghanistan and so on? Mm-hmm. Same sort of ideas where, yes, we should stay. No, we should leave because, you know, what are we doing here? And then third, we shouldn't be anywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think as what I would say is people of faith can be in all three camps, uh, mm-hmm. I think, uh, mm-hmm. and are on all three camps because it, the Bible doesn't give us definitive uh, answers to, you know, should we never, uh, what what are the criteria or should we always... And I think that's, you know, we think about the church developing just war criteria. It's just a way of thinking about, is this war, yeah. is it for a just cause? Is it being, you know, prosecuted in a, a just way? Uh, is it, you know, is it lawfully declared or whatever? Um, you know, that that sort of, all of which are judgment calls. And people All of them are, because and, like, who's... Yeah. Who's determining, okay, that this is just or not, you know, just with respect to who, um, even the law, like, was it lawfully, you know, okay, well, again, there's a little, there's a level of arbitrariness to that. That's world war two was the last declared war that we've been in. So just to to let you know, Congress declared war last. I believe this is true in America uh, when Pearl Pearl Harbor was, was bombed. Uh, obviously there's been a lot of fighting, fighting since then. Um, and so, yeah, it's complicated. Now, you know, as I'm, as we're kind of bringing this down to, you know, close that what I kind of want to do then is, you know, you were talking about our own practical, you know, mm-hmm. ways of thinking about or what we're called to do about war, praying for justice and restoration, and the church and our own hearts. Um, you know, what I thought about too <coughs> is what, uh, when we think about what are often called the culture wars or, mm. you know, when a lot of people can, it's called a culture war for a reason that mm-hmm. people feel like it's war and they then take mm-hmm. a war footing and they're almost fighting it as if it's, well, it's war. So whatever I do to defeat the enemy is okay because the enemy's bad and I'm on the good side. and. I kind of feel like we can bring that same 
energy to cultural wars that we bring that you know that sometimes we would be called to bring or justify for you know a physical actual shooting war and then in our in that if that's the case then there's possibly a draw in my own heart mm-hmm. that it's i'm fighting for justice i'm defeating the enemy i'm doing what's right uh i'm kind of or i'm kind of tuning in for the vicarious thrill of scrolling through social media and watching other people fight um i don't know is that a a strange connection to make or (laughs) what do you what do you think about uh i I wasn't expecting that connection um but i don't think you're wrong i yeah we man people are weird right that we even would enjoy that we would enjoy that fight um but you see right you see the the gifs of oh, the popcorn 100%. eating, right? You know, that's that whole 100%. thing. Yeah, more, I want more like, of this. I'm, I don't even I'm care who wins. I don't show. want more. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, and I do think that that does speak to, well, it probably speaks to a lot of things, but like we live such comfortable lives <laughs> that mm. this is the thing that we're going to, yeah, I don't know, care about or invest ourselves in. Um, that by some means that, hey, this is a, a just cause or a good, use of my time what i think it does is it distracts us from the stuff that we really should be doing and thinking about which is hey how can i walk next door and have a conversation with my neighbor and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. hear about things that he's struggling with and just be present on the other side of the even if he's on the other side of the culture war yeah 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 i mean that's the hard stuff right it's it's so much easier to just blast somebody else on social media to get a little bit of right. a high out of it. And it's like a video game war where it really doesn't cost you anything. Right. Especially, you I mean, some of these people are anonymously doing it. You know, they have, mm-hmm. you know, they have whatever fake accounts and so on. Um, and I, so I would say that when I'm thinking about the war in Ukraine or whatever, I can understand there might be some draw to it. It might be some mm-hmm. romanticism to it. I believe I should, kind of try to turn that down to something Mm -hmm. and sometimes it might be necessary i believe to fight war to to you know to repel an aggressor to restore justice but i shouldn't take pleasure in it um Mm -mm. you know and the same sort of thing might be it might be okay it might be necessary to put my opinion out there in the world but i shouldn't be drawn to the culture war and get vicarious rills out of it uh even if sometimes mm-hmm. some part of it might be appropriate usually it's it's not that's that's sort of what i'm doing with this whole uh you know thinking about war and what does the war in ukraine have to do with me uh obviously like you said we're not fighting in it to the extent that we're as a nation involved in it it doesn't have any i'm, I'm i mean we find out about our nations involved in it by watching the mm-hmm. news or by reading the news, yeah. like we're not engaged in any sort of anything about it. But this <laughs> other sort of war, this this draw yeah. is there no matter what. Yeah, no, I think that's really good. I I do think that because we're culturally connected to the thing that's happening right now, whether there's implications that you know it, you know have on our economy or or what. But it, it's also interesting to me, Mike, that like there's a war and there's conflict that's ha- that happens all the time. Right. Like, I mean, Africa yeah. is a huge continent with a with yeah. a history of violence. There's war that, going on there just about all the time. 
and that we're just not even privy to because it doesn't right. impact it's us. It's like one more way. level of remove. Like, you know, yeah. Europe is one thing that's kind of distant and whatever. Africa, Asia, the Middle East, it's like one more level of, of remove yeah. that seems like, yeah, right. We probably should yeah. care so, more about that, as to your point, right? Yeah. So I guess the whole come Lord Jesus quickly. Um, yeah. Yeah. This world is broken, right. and those are reminders of that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, um, so as we bring this to the close, I I do kind of want to, uh, I want to throw the idea out to everybody: is you know, what is your draw to whatever war you know you might be confronted with? That's a culture war, whatever that might be, generational. Uh, and I think there, I think the way our society works, it sort of draws us all into that sort of thing. Uh, and so, you know, how do we, uh, how do we, uh, as not not be drawn into the thrill uh, of fighting the war, but rather, because I, I don't even think that serves you know, whatever our side we're on. I don't think that serves that side uh, well. How do we kind of move away from that and get about the real work of of living in this world uh, as we're as we're called to do? Uh, so with that, I'm going to leave it there. Check out the Embassy Substack at theembassy.substack.com and we'll see you next week on On Culture. You've been listening to On Culture, a podcast of the Embassy newsletter. Have a question? Send it to theembassy at substack.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.